Welcome to my podcast and today's podcast is going to be about the human foot and the reason for that is how much for granted do we take of our feet whether a one foot or a twin feet both of them or separate do we realize how much we need the foot to get up to go to bed to walk, balance, go for a toilet, make a brew, look out the window, um, anything, pretty much anything apart from when you're sat down requires a foot or feet. Amazing. How many people can honestly say they know what it's like to not have the use of a foot? Or feet. That's keep it just to a foot. How many people appreciate both of their feet or even those that don't have the use of their feet? Does anyone ever think about other people in a situation where they can't use their feet? No. Because we're all too busy, wrapped up in our normal, busy, active lives where nothing else matters. Until it affects you. That's when it matters. And that's when you think about it. And that's when you appreciate others that don't have the use of their feet. We live in a very selfish, self-centred, self-wallowing life. Where everything is about you. Me. Or the person. It's always about the individual. I don't care about anyone else but me. When did you last walk down the street and see someone on crutches or struggling to do something and you actually bothered to help them? How many people out there can actually put their hand on their heart and say, I did help that person? And if they did... Is it because they also have had the feeling of no foot? That's the point. If you've never had a foot problem, would you ever bother to help anyone? No. It's more likely 99.9% of people will just walk past. Because they don't know what it's like. They don't have the problems that they're having. So why should they? bother to help but be assured if you've had the problem and you have no use of a foot you will look at them differently absolutely that foul because you can put in some sort of perspective of what that person's going through that's just the way life is you're not wrong you're not a bad person if you walk on past i'm only using this example but sometimes in life We all live in this world together. There's millions of people have the same issues. We should take five seconds just to think about somebody else. So let's put this in some sort of perspective. I broke my foot 25th of July on a curb where I live, currently under building construction. So all new builds have lots of construction going on. 
They move people in really quickly whilst the build is carrying on. And that's to be honest, when you move in, you know very well there's building going on. I'm not blind to it. I knew it was happening. We've had the pandemic, which has delayed things. Anyway, roads around the area don't get completed until building is completed because of lorry traffic. Everyone knows that. But does it make you right that there's a curb of over eight and a half inches drop on a road that's currently, everyone lives there. It's just a road into the building area. Does it make it right that there should be a, a drop of that size? You could have partially sighted people, people in wheelchairs, people like me that unfortunately have done damage on this occasion. There might be areas of a dropped curb where it might be a bit of tarmac piled up to the corner of it. So you could technically say that the curb's diminished because you've got a ramp. You still will get up it. Um, you could say that why not walk to the crossing? Um, you could say many things. But the fact of the matter is, the curb where I fell is eight and a half inches deep with a crater at the bottom. So it's missing tarmac. And we live we live in a world where we just walk on. You know, I've done it millions of times. But on this occasion, I must have tripped or rolled my foot in this curb going from the higher point of the curb to the lower it's so quick you know click your fingers you're on the floor i'm in the curbside for 20 odd minutes um currently impounded my foot somehow and then who knows what i've done sprained pulled a muscle or broke it my track record of luck lately is broke i broke my cuboid bone from start to finish, right across, literally. Nice, clean break, which has its advantages being a clean break, and multiple sprains and pulled tissue, whatever it is, bruising everywhere. So my foot is out of bounds, can't be used for five weeks. Well, six weeks, because I had one week of a temporary cast, and now I've got five weeks with a permanent cast on it. It's non-weight bearing, you can't put any weight on it. I'm nearly 18 stone in weight. Carrying myself on crutches is hard enough. But when you've got a cast on your foot as well to add to that weight, the pains in my chest I've experienced have been, you know, none to it. You need a painkiller. It's been that, you know, that tight. All that push, you know, trying to get about. Pulls on your chest, pulls on your arms. Because you're just trying to live normal. But you can't. Because without that foot... Oh my God, have I learnt the hard way. I can't do anything. I can't do anything. I, do you know what I really struggled with this um, this last week or so is getting a cup of tea from the kitchen side to the sofa. So you imagine it. Two crutches, lifting quite a big weight. Where do you put your tea? I live on my own. Where do you put that cup of tea? There is nowhere for it to go. Dinner, knives and forks, plate. Nothing can get from one place to another whilst you're on crutches. Unbelievable. So you've either got to uh, try and sit on the floor in the kitchen. I mean, you try getting up off the floor when you've got a cast on. You can't. 
it's just so difficult to get yourself up without hurting your already damaged foot, which is non-weight bearing. You can't put any weight on it. So then you've got the issues of pain on the other foot because the amount of weight you're putting on that foot. Then you get a poor muscle or your knee goes. You know, I'm only 47 and I'm struggling to get up. So at the moment, this is all about me. So I'm just giving you a perspective of why I wanted to put it out there, how we should appreciate our feet. Because, oh my God, I have learned the hard way. I mean, I'll give you one scenario of how to get a cup of tea from A to B. You want to go a wee. Oh my God. So it's already a faff getting to the toilet. And of course, then the toilet's too low. And then where do you put your hands? You've got to roll yourself up. How do you do the obvious? Well, I'm not going to go into it, but it ain't easy. It's not easy to have a wee standing or sitting because if you sit, it's hard to get back up again. It gets better because you learn to adapt with your disability. But when you're on your own, it is really difficult. And as soon as this happens, what do you start thinking? How do people manage? How do people manage that have got a broken foot or broken feet or no foot or no feet or even no legs? I mean, how many people do you see that have got no legs? And you think, oh, I wonder how he gets on. That can't be easy. No, it can't be. Trust me, it must be tough. Uh, I've only got a problem with one foot and already I'm complaining like a baby that I can't do normal stuff. Imagine having no feet. And this really is what it's about, and it is appreciation of what one has got. So the moral of this podcast is to try and teach people to learn to appreciate what they've got in physical form, body, and mentally, family, friends, the world, where you live, what you've got, what you've got, what you purchased, and what you saved up, all these things really all comes under the same umbrella of just being grateful. That is the key of this podcast, is to try and put my my change, my appreciation for, for feet now, and for dis- disabled people, um, people that struggle, my perspective has all changed massively. And I you know, I take my hat off to anyone that copes, and especially on their own, with some of these disabilities. Whilst I've had this time where I can't do much, and I live in a second floor flat, I can't get down the stairs. Um I've got some family that have helped me out massively, getting me to a clinic. Um, and I've still got until September until I have my cast removed. But I'm learning to live with this issue. Um, it was only yesterday, actually, um, my brother came down. And I've been really nervous about trying to have a shower. So I've put it off. Don't get it wrong, I, don't, I do still wash. <laughs> I do a bed wash. But anyway, to have a shower, you're not allowed to get this cast wet. Um, I've got quite a deep bath. I've got a shower as well. But anyway, the problem is not the shower. The problem is not the bath. The problem is getting 
in it and out of it. It's once you, I could get in the bath, but I don't think I can get out because the weight and then the risk of slipping. So you only got to fall over in the bathroom, you're going to smash your head open on sink or anything. So the risks are far too great to bother. Anyway, yesterday, and I ordered this um, this foot sock to come from a, from a company. Uh, it's arrived. It's, it's, a, it's a lifesaver. It goes on your foot and it creates a seal around the top of it and it allows you to get in the bath. Anyway, I can't have a bath. So with me and my brother, we put this like stall in the bath itself, giving me the same height as the edge of the bath. So you can sit on the edge of the bath and then go over to the stall and then put the shower on. And then you can, oh my God, it's just one of the best showers I've ever had in my life. Even though I'm sat down, um, you can do everything. You can get yourself refreshed. But oh my goodness, how do people survive on their own in these situations where it's ongoing? It may never get better, mine will get better. How about those that it won't get better for? And they, and, they, and they really struggle. And it's like, um, it's just wrong, isn't it? It's morally wrong that someone should struggle so much. Um, yeah, I really appreciate others. And that brings me on to help. People that help. Um, I've got a friend of mine that's got me some, got me a trolley. So just... Just go for a flashback. And I mentioned you about getting a T from A to B, didn't I? From the side to the sofa. Now, there is a way around it. It's a trolley. And it's like a Zimmer frame in a way. So it's a trolley, four wheels. And you can go to your sink or your kitchen area, make a cup of tea, pop the tea on the trolley, and then use that frame to get back to the sofa with your tea on it. <laughs> the only problem is you've got to try and keep the tea in the cup without spilling it because if you've got carpet or a ledge or a line of carpet whatever and because it's got four wheels on it you've got to be careful that the trolley doesn't whiz off in front of you and you end up on your face um and do more damage whether it be to the broken foot or even to the good foot because you can twist the good foot and end up with two bad feet well <laughs> it's just so risky or you can smack your head on something so you have to put quite a lot of weight on the trolley with your with your arms to keep it to the floor and then move it gently. So you then can get the tea from there. So the first couple of times I got to the sofa with no tea in the cup because it's all on the trolley. It's all on the trolley, gone over the carpet, whatever. Really frustrating. But as you start to adapt, you can get, you can use your um, balance and you can use a little bit of skill to get the tea. Anyway, I've mastered the art. I don't spill too much. Don't fill your cup up. And I get to the sofa and I can have a cup of tea. The same applies with dinner. Make your dinner, put it on the trolley, bring it to the sofa or the table. And you get it. So that one trolley, that piece of metal, and with four wheels on it, has ultimately changed the day and the way one feels when they live on their own. So they're able to eat a bit more freedom. And then you can use that to go to... I mean, the other night I needed to get um, a drink to the bedroom because uh, I don't sleep very well under these circumstances. So everyone likes a little drink at 3 o'clock in the morning. Uh, a, a fruit juice drink, I mean, not whatever. So you can take your drink to the bedroom on a trolley and ultimately you become a free person again. You've got mobility, all because of that one trolley. 
And that's all because of that one friend that helped me. Amazing. And then you've got the bathroom sink. You want to clean your teeth. <coughs> it's really difficult. So you can't stand. You can't hold your crutch, crutches, and then clean your teeth. You can't wash your face. But what you can do, if you've got a stall, that's a high stall, like a hospital stall, you can sit on it and you're free. You've got two free hands. You can have a shave. You can brush your teeth. You can look at yourself in the mirror. Whatever you want to do, put some cream on. Wash your hair. Do anything you like. Just that one chair. And if you put another chair at the kitchen sink, you can wash the dishes. So in this small time, we've got three items. A trolley, two stools. Ultimately have changed my life. Just them three things from one friend offering to help me out. That small thing is such a massive, massive change of my life. I can now make tea, make dinner, wash, be clean, take a drink to bed and live half a normal life. And I can even get to this point where I can make a podcast now to the computer. All because of one friend and a few little amenities. A bit of metal that's shaped in a way of a trolley with a wheel on the end of it. Wow. And my point being is friends. When it comes to a point like this, people do come together. People group and they, you okay? Can I get you anything? Do you need anything? Bit of milk, bit of bread? You know, trying to go to a shop is impossible. You cannot go to a store of any kind because I can't get out down the stairs. Um, I'm completely immobilised. So the old phone goes, you okay there, mate? Can I get you something? Can I do this? People come together. They bring you things you need. No one likes asking anyone for anything. I'd much rather do my own Ubering. But people come together. And my goodness, I will repay that favour to anyone that's listened to this has ever helped me through this difficult time. I will owe them big time. Whether they have the same issues or have to have a problem, I'll be there. Just ask. I'll do what I can. So that's just a trolley. Wow. How it can change one's life. And by that, I feel better in myself. There's like a light at the end of the tunnel, isn't there? Because before that, I mean, it was one day um, in the early days, I think the last two weeks ago, whatever, things were looking so bad and I got to, I got my cup of tea and I got to the sofa with no tea in it. I just threw the cup on the floor, sod it. And the cup broke everywhere and how am I going to pick that? I just had a moment. Everyone has a moment. I had a meltdown. But you have to pick yourself up because there ain't no one else going to pick you up. So you have to pick up and try and carry on. And then having these friends and aides, like different things getting help, you start to turn yourself around. And then people come and see you and then you start to see normal people and have a normal conversation and you can actually make them a cup of tea. <laughs> I know we keep talking about tea because it's, you know, it's a way of socialising. But you can become half normal even though you're trapped because I am trapped. I can't do anything because I've got to rest and the more I rest in these five weeks, the more likely I'll get back to normal after. If I start misbehaving and try and tread on it, I'm going to be in excruciating pain and I'm going to delay the hill. Um, the healing process so 
that's it. So away from that, I just want to go quickly on to the hospital. So when I first went to the first hospital, minor injuries, locally to where I live, um, we had to wait a little while and et cetera, et cetera. Lots, it's very busy, lots of kids coming in. Um, and you get to see people that have much for you know much bigger issues than I had. Mind you, it was a big enough issue, but they looked, they had head injuries and stuff like that. This is just a foot. So put things in perspective, there are people worse off. We had to wait a long time and all this time, I don't know, I broke my foot. So I'm having to hobble into the room and on a broken bone. Anyway, eventually we had some x-rays. They confirmed what the problem was. I then had a temporary cast. Um, so everyone everyone in the NHS tries to do their best with, with low funding. Um, they were good. They were very good. Very good. It wasn't the fastest process. Um, and maybe they could have given me a wheelchair, but I don't think they had any. So it wasn't easy, but they did their best through what they had, their facilities. And then I've had to go back to a major hospital um, in a city centre, um, about 20 miles from me. And interestingly, um, my brother again helped me, took me down there, and I got out of the main entrance, and my brother went and parked. There's no wheelchairs. I mean, it's a massive hospital. I've had to hobble from the main entrance to um, an area of the fracture clinic, which was on the other side of the hospital. My goodness, it absolutely killed me. I got to the hospital, I got to the um, the clinic part, and um, I, I mean, anyone I think it had been raining, I was that sweating. But I'd done it, unfortunately, there just isn't enough chairs. There isn't enough money in the NHS or whatever. They do their best with what they've got. Unfortunately, on this day, I was the one that had no chair. I already know I broke it because I've already got a temporary cast on and I'm carrying all my weight plus this heavy plaster, Paris plaster on my leg right up to the knee and it weighs a ton. So anyway, I got there and they were um, they were pretty good actually in there. It was very quick turnaround. They did apologise. There was no chairs. I mean, that hasn't helped, but an apology is always nice. Um, they got on with it. Whipped it off, the other one, a quick look, a few more x-rays, put a new cast on, told me what's going to happen. And the doctor was very to the point, said what I shouldn't and shouldn't do. And it also said I was lucky that I'm not in an operating fear, having it pinned, because the bone has stayed together as a mood offline. So that was, um, that was a good bit of uh, news in itself. Very painful, but it is a broken foot. So then I go and see the the uh, couple of nurse ladies to redo my foot in a, in a in a cast, and I get to choose a colour. So, and they said to me, "We're going to put this cast on where it's a soft cast, so it's not as heavy, and but we do need to straighten your foot." And they give me a couple of painkillers. Oh my god, it was really painful. Put a straighten this foot. So they straighten my foot to help with the healing processes. Back into the x-ray, checked the bone and it been moved. Everyone's happy. You can go home. And they got me a wheelchair on this occasion to get out, which was good. So there were more wheelchairs available. So the service was good, pretty quick, pretty thorough. They all work hard. I mean, I was in the, um, in the room at one point and there was a seizure outside. This is a fracture clinic. Someone had a seizure outside the door. 
and they all sort of come together and did what they need to do and then they apologised that mine was delayed but I mean I could see what was going on they had to be there you know they had to give their attention to somebody else they came in after that and got on with a job and then sent me off on my way and I'm here today currently resting for the next five weeks so the NHS again it's about appreciating what they do down there because you don't really see it unless you need it I mean no one's going to go to a hospital and say oh I've come to look at how you do today because we're so busy in our own lives we only go there when we need them and then you get some critical people that say oh you're taking ages doing this doing it so they do take a fair bit of grief but I'll give it to them they tried hard it wasn't the best because I could have done with a chair but if it ain't there I can't have it we have to work around it so thumbs up to the NHS for helping me so far I've still got some recovery to go get this cast off and have some physio and then try and get back to normality and then you move on to work so where you work and how helpful are they well I work for a big company um they've been good actually um they've um they've done what's right they've done what's right they can't do a lot about it you can't change your situation you can only but get better um I'm hoping I'm over the worst and I can just recover and get back to normality so as much as the employment are probably disappointed they're no more disappointed than i am i can assure you so that's all okay the financial side's a bit stressful but that's life we get sent these hurdles in life and we have to jump them that's all part of the process so there is a real broad thing about just one foot and i've been through every scenario with you how difficult it's been and my journey just to this point and I've still got four weeks to go before this thing's off my leg but life has got better here and with the, with the help of friends and, and, and items I can live a partially new life um, and it is a new life it's a different way of doing stuff you, know, you can't just go and do what you normally would do pick up a remote from over the other side I can't do that I've got a hobble over um, non-bearing can't put any weight on it and you do get the odd occasion where you could easily forget and then you go to stand and then you end up causing yourself pain so that is that is that now we all know at the moment being it was the 25th of July I did this that it's the Commonwealth Games that are on at the moment and I've been watching some of that on telly. And they've, they've had some Paralympic, Paralympic stuff. You know, when people have got disabilities, they also participate in some of these games. And I was watching a few of those. <laughs> some of them had no legs, actually. And they were, um, I think it was a wheelchair. No, it was, it, was a, it, yeah, it was a wheelchair on a track race. And, oh, my God, how wonderful and clever and just brilliant watching them win medals with major major disabilities there's one no legs at all one ad um i was watching a, i was watching a, a swim actually and it must have been um all people with disabilities and there's this i think every swimmer had only one arm and some had like a part of the arm and i was watching it i thought how's that gonna work you're swimming 
I tell you what, it is a wonderful thing to watch. And the winners and the losers, and they all gather together. And it's just fantastic how they make do with what they've got. And they appreciate what they've got to what they haven't got. So they'll, they'll really appreciate the arm if they've only got one, not the other. And they can still they can still participate in such big events like the Commonwealth Games and win medals. They win, they take away medals through winning. Absolutely amazing. That's just that's just one of the brilliant things of the world we live in, how everyone can do something if they want to. If they got that right mentality. Just just it just uh, boggles my mind. And I wouldn't thought I wouldn't really have thought about it like that unless I was in this position. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't think them ways, like I said to you earlier about going past the man in the street or the lady in the street, um, trying to get help, trying to get up or deal with one foot, and I probably wouldn't walk past them now. I probably want to give them a hand, but would I have given my hand previously? Very unlikely. Very unlikely, but I would now because I know what it's like. I can actually speak and give a true account of how difficult it is to manage without all of your limbs. Wow. And that really is it. What do you do from this point? We just rest and we carry on. But don't forget, it's absolutely crucial that everybody is grateful for what they got think about it just take time out to think am i lucky yes you bloody are lucky you're lucky because you're alive that's why you're lucky you're lucky because you've got friends you've got family you've got things to get you about you've got um products you can drive a car and i can't even drive my car you can get in the car you can press the clutch pedal you can get out your car all these things that you take for granted because everything's always okay until it's not you should be bloody privileged you can get in a car because i'd love to go out and have a drive a nice bit of fresh air or even just to go to work to be normal. But I can't. And that is why we should all be really appreciated. And look after each other. Another thing is like. Take time out for other people. Um, are you okay? You know. Can I do anything for you? Do you need a help? Or just just an ear to chat with. Or a cup of tea. You know. Take time out. I mean I live on my own. And I, I, I talk to many people that, you know, are lonely and on their own. I try to help them because I know what it's like. I, you know, I've been there. It's right down there in the heart, you know. And yeah, loneliness, um, emptiness. And like what keeps me going is my boys keep me going. You know, and I look forward to seeing my two sons. Um, and that's my strive for each week, right? Let's go and work hard this week because at the end of the week, I get my reward. 
and my reward is my my boys um and then they really are my reward you know and it's it's like my pudding <laughs> and um they make the week everything fine they make everything okay they make the world a better place and it's just crazy really isn't it and it is what it is you know what do I do you know you have to cherish what you have not dwell what you don't and I could talk for hours about long nights lonely nights um thinking overthinking but it don't really change anything because you know do you know what I googled once and I googled that the best muscle exercise is smiling you use more muscles in your face by smiling than you would do if you were miserable and by smiling and by happiness and laughter it releases certain things in the body I think there is a name for them that only buts give you well-being um, keeps you healthy if you're sad all the time your body is more susceptible to issues um, I think you're, when you're low you feel low you think your antibodies are not quite as good maybe so you get more poorly more often but if you feel good inside and you smile and you laugh that's that's the key I think for feeling good and when you feel good everyone feels good I mean I do like a laugh and I've learned a lot over the past two or three years that it doesn't matter what people really think of me I don't really care to be honest with you I like a laugh I just I'm just me I'm just me I don't do anything that I wouldn't do anyway I just I just like a bit of fun and I and I, I get a lot from making someone laugh and having a laugh with them you know and if that's a good thing then so be it and there we are so I'm going to draw this podcast to a close so we don't bore you too much but I do hope that this has put some perspective about looking after your limbs and appreciating what you've got and that is the um the key thing that i wanted to try and get over to you today is to look after yourself take care of yourselves and be good and nice to each other
Well, I look forward to the next episode where we'll chat about something different. It's me, Big D, signing off. Remember, email me anytime. Let's talk about it with Big D at gmail.com. And I might even give you a shout out. Love you all. Take care. See you soon.